Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Clubhouse Talk. This is your main co-host, Kylie Morrison, as always. And today we have on a brand new guest, another Atlanta Braves fan, uh, coming all the way from Nebraska. He grew up in Atlanta for a while, but he's he's still pulling for the Braves. And this is going to be a pretty Braves-centric podcast. Is uh, We've got some pretty exciting news. So, John, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, hey, thanks for the intro, Kylie. Happy to be here, man. So, yep, like like you said, I'm John Durham. Uh, I grew up in Atlanta, so right around uh, about 20 years I had lived there. So seeing the Braves get to the World Series and get this far is kind of a childhood dream come true. So, you know, can't ask for much more than that. Uh, but, yeah, happy to be here talk about the Braves a little bit and go from there, you know. Yeah, this is uh, this is pretty special. I mean, I don't even know if I've, I've fully uh... – uh, grasp that this is actually real life that the Braves uh finally made it into the World Series obviously they've made made it to the playoffs so many times since the last time they were there in 99 and uh haven't been able to get done gotten to the then gotten to the NLCS until last year um since 2001 so it really been a long time since they were even close and then the heartbreak last year you get back into position you get to face that same team that's that extremely powerful dangerous Dodgers team and they they got that monkey off their back. They finally closed out the series. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing, at least for a Braves fan. It seems like our season always ends at the hand of the Dodgers uh, year after year. I mean, it happened just last year, but I think every Braves fan kind of remembers, you know, going from uh, David Carpenter and giving up a home run to Juan Uribe a few years back, too. So it's just it's always something, you know, uh, with these Braves uh, year after year, and they finally pulled through and won the big one. So it was kind of need to see yeah I, I don't know if any Braves fan was ultimately fully comfortable um going with the going back to Atlanta they obviously were up 2-0 um everything was was feeling good you lose game three and everyone kind of got a little bit nervous you bounce back you win game four and then you have a bullpen game in game five and everyone was thinking with Max Reed on the mound they're on a bullpen game that was the Braves opportunity to close it out and and they don't, and then you got to come back to Atlanta. And the prospect was thinking you're going to have to face Scherzer and Bueller. Scherzer gets scratched before Game Six, um, which ended, I think, being really, really huge for the Braves. They had to uh, put Walker Bueller in on sh- or Walker Bueller in on short rest. And we've seen across the whole postseason this year that anybody pitching on short rest has not not been successful this year. Um, whether it's been Charlie Morton, Walker Bueller, Scherzer, any in in the AL as well, it hasn't worked out for anybody. Yeah, and I think that's kind of become a thing that we've seen across postseason baseball just over the last couple of years, but more so even this postseason in particular. And like you said, the Braves really took advantage when Bueller got in there on short rest, and they had hit him well earlier in the series too. So I think that gave them a little bit of confidence of seeing him rolled out on short rest. It kind of got you thinking maybe the Dodgers' backs are against the wall this time around, not necessarily ours. But I think that's going to be big in this series, too. The Braves do have very three very good starters, back-to-back-to-back in Morton and Freed and Anderson. Um, but it seems to me, at least, like Houston's still kind of searching for their identity, and I think we might see their bullpen a lot in this upcoming World Series, too. So that's just the way postseason baseball goes now, which is just kind of wild to see if you've grown up you know, watching other things. That's usually throw your starter out there for eight innings and see how he does. Not anymore. Things have certainly changed. Yeah, that used to that kind of used to be the whole postseason mantra back in the in the eighties, nineties. Of I mean, you had your three or four pitchers, and that's who you rolled with, and you you let them go five or six, seven innings, um, even if they weren't pitching great, because you knew it was a long series. You didn't want to burn anybody out. And now you 
seemingly everybody has at least one bullpen game a series. The Braves will have one in this series in game four without a doubt. Um, and so you, you really you don't see any teams come in with four starters anymore. No, and I think that's kind of what the Braves are looking forward to against the Astros because they're just kind of not necessarily decimated, but they don't have those two, three aces that you're going to see week in, week out. I mean, they had Verlander, but he went down and got hurt. He was kind of that one guy they probably did have, and Zach Greinke just hasn't been the Zach Greinke of old. So in this series, we're going to see that Houston bullpen a good bit, and the Braves are just going to have to try to you know get their spots, take advantage of whatever they can do against these guys, especially in game one, because I think Valdez, uh, and who's going to start tonight for the Astros, he's just one of those hot and cold guys. So it looked like you know in, against the White Sox, he only made it about four and a third, and he gave up four runs, so not too hot there. And then he gave up, you know, in game one, two and two thirds innings, he gave up a bunch of runs against the Red Sox, hardly made it at all. But his last start, he had eight innings of, you know, three hit ball and gave up one run off of a homer. So Valdez is kind of the perfect example of what are we going to get from Houston started tonight? Is he going to pitch well or are we going to see the bullpen in you know, the second inning? and have yeah. a four or five hour game so yeah he, I mean really all of Houston's starting pitching was terrible up in the postseason until really game game five in that mm-hmm. ALCS and then um they they really closed out with a couple of really strong games there um in Boston and then and then back in game six but he really started with that Valdez start because and that was pure domination what he did up there in Boston but before that their starters were going I, I think it through the first four games they had gotten a combined like six or seven innings through four games of their starters and their bullpen was just getting was I mean they were getting torched because they kept getting thrown out there for seven innings a game and in baseball if you're going to see the same people over and over the hitters are eventually going to start start seeing you and they're going to start hitting you. Yeah, and the Red Sox certainly did that. They're just one of those offensive teams that can certainly take advantage. It just kind of surprised me to see Houston on the other side of this because it seemed like Boston was just beating the crap out of some of their pitchers and that they would just be exhausted. So I think Houston has a very good bullpen. I'm just interested to see if they're going to get tired because we've just seen them so much in the last you know couple of weeks now that they've thrown those guys out there. They've got one of the best bullpens in the game, which really is going to kind of help them out and they'll be able to lean on it throughout the series. But it does kind of make you think just, you know, if you're on the brave side of the fence, it's like, well, when are these guys going to start getting tired? And then if you kind of flip it to the brave side, I mean, going through this season and seasons past, I, at least in this playoff series, I'm waiting for the Braves bullpen to kind of, you know, go back to the Braves bullpen <laughs> of old because it's just been so good. I mean, Tyler Matzik is unhittable and I think he stays that way, but I'd be careful if I were the Braves because I think Luke Jackson is just ready to, you know, kind of implode at any moment. AJ Minter, these are good pitchers, but they've gone on a run where they've done so well that I think they kind of go back to the mean a little bit at some point. So we'll see. And that Houston lineup is just so deep. I mean, there's not one easy out that you can just pick out of that lineup. No, not a chance. It, they definitely, I think, from top to bottom have have the advantage when you uh, look at the lineup. Not that the Braves lineup is bad by any stretch. I mean, we know how much they, they like to bash home runs, but that Houston lineup is ridiculously deep. And a lot of it is, I think, uh, I think that is kind of the biggest key in the series that you mentioned, which is that Braves bullpen. Because if the Braves bullpen can continue to pitch the way they have the last – two weeks of the season, and then the two series through the playoffs, they have been the best bullpen out there in baseball. And it's why they're winning games. But if they don't get that from their bullpen and they have, you know, Luke Jackson continue to regress, or if you have A.J. Mentor struggle, or you have Will Smith struggle in some late games, which obviously he did a lot um, throughout the season, 
that that's type that's the type of stuff that's really going to flip a series, especially when you're talking about that big type of momentum stuff, a late game flip of, of a reliever giving something up, maybe in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning type deal. Yeah, exactly. And Will Smith's just kind of another one of those guys. He's been so good here in these playoffs, but every Braves fan watching him this year knows it's, you know, never been easy with him on the mound. I mean, he's just kind of been, you know, one pitch away from blowing a game so many times, but gets bailed out by his defense or, you know, by something that happens on the other side of the ball. So I think, like you said, the, the bullpens are really going to swing the series here. Um, I think Houston's is maybe a little bit better than the Braves, if we're being completely honest. But I think if Atlanta continues to do what they have done the past couple of weeks, you know, it's going to be a long series and we'll see it go, you know, six, seven games before it's done and over with. But just kind of looking yeah, up and down these lineups, too. I mean, it just it baffles me just how the Astros put this together. I know there's the cheating scandals and everything like that. So, you know, that's that's a big part of who the Astros are. Ultimately, I mean, George Springer is probably the only guy from those teams who isn't, you know, a part of these lineups now that he's in Toronto, but Altuve, Brantley and Bregman and Alvarez back to back to back. And then you have to deal with Correa and Tucker and Gurriel still. I mean, it's like, all right, you know, it's eight and nine before you get to, you know, guys you haven't even heard of before. I mean, Chaz McCormick, great defender. He's okay with the bat too. And Maldonado, same thing. Good with the bat or, you know, good with his glove bat is kind of hit and miss, but you know, the Braves starters, all of their pitchers just have to be so on their game because one pitch and, you know, they give up a three-run home run if they're not careful. So uh, they're just so deep. It's crazy. It can get away from a quick, a, a quick rally of just one walk, one, or, one walk in a, in a bloop single, and then you give up one blast on a, on a hanging, hanging breaking ball pitch, and next thing you know, you're down 3-0. And it, I mean, that's a massive ordeal. Mm-hmm. I think the Braves want to do is get have any game that they're down going into the ninth inning. Ryan Presley has been – uh, the second best pitcher in baseball this year in terms of uh, wins above replacement for bullpen pitchers. Um, so that's the last guy that you want to face uh, way better than anything the Braves have to throw out there. And then they've got another lefty reliever out there uh, that that's, a, he, he's not Matzik, but he's, he's there Matzik in terms of he's going to come out there in the sixth or seventh inning um, in, in high leverage situations. It's that's really hard to hit. And he kind of saved, uh, Houston series getting, I think it was four or five innings out of them in game three or game four up there in, in Boston. One of the game, I think it was game four when they tied in and went doo doo um, after Granky only gave him a couple innings. So uh, that's, that's another huge, huge piece of their bullpen. And the Braves, I think their biggest piece, believe it or not, might be Luke Jackson this series. The Houston Astros kill, kill left handed pitching. And what do the Braves have? They have a lot of left handed pitchers. Obviously, you have a starter in Max Freed and then your three biggest players, Minter, Matzik, and Smith, all lefties. So you're going to need Luke Jackson to be on his A game. And, I, and I, I know he got hit by the Dodgers, but frankly, I'm not that worried because I think the Dodgers just have his number. Um, I, I think it's a little bit like just a mentality that, hey, that team just hits him, and this is, this is a brand-new series for him. So he's going to have to clear his head, and I know Brace can still want to hear it because they know the struggles that Luke can have. But this is, this is a big moment for him, and they are going to need him if they want to win the full series. Oh, no, you're you're 100% right. I mean, Luke Jackson has been so good this year. He's had his off years before. I mean, he really struggled when the Braves tried to put him in the closer role a few years back, and it got really ugly. But Luke Jackson can pitch. I mean, he's here for a reason. Uh, And he pitched very well during the regular season this year and for most of the, you know, playoffs so far until the Dodgers really got his number. But just like you said, they're going to need those righties. They're going to be so big because Correa, Altuve, 
those guys just hit left-handers so much better than they do right-handers. So if Luke Jackson, you know, even if he's going and ending here and ending there and he gives up a, just a run or no runs, then that's a win for the Braves. Cause those, those endings where you see three, four runs given up, like he did against the Dodgers, that's kind of what's going to hurt them. But you know, Snickers not going to be afraid to throw him out there. They're, they need the right-hander and he's, he's their best right-handed option out of that bullpen. So no doubt about it. I mean, he's got mm-hmm. wipeout stuff and he's proven that he, I mean, he had a sub two ERA for the, for the year. So he's proven he can clearly do it. Um, and it's just going to be interesting to see what, what type of situations I'm, I'm in. I imagine he'll have to probably face those guys because gonna, there's going to be times in the seventh or eighth inning that it's going to line up that they're going to have two, three, four, and you're going to need someone to go out there and face them because you're sure as heck not going to throw a mentor. And depending upon what you've already done with Matzik, you could have already used them. And so it, it's mm-hmm. really, really big situations. And Luke's going to have to kind of buck up. I mean, that that's one of my keys to the whole series is seeing how well he pitches. Yeah, no, I th- and I think that's the biggest key. So he and that bullpen is probably the most important piece because I think you kind of know what to expect from Matzik and you can kind of trust him and those in his role and Smith probably a little bit more too at this point. But Jackson, yeah, he's a really big key. I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, seeing who's going to stay hot because Eddie Rosario, you know, so hot for the Braves right now. He's just, he's hitting everything. He had over 500 and was an LCS MVP. I think he's a very good hitter and I think he can continue to hit against the, uh, these athletes. Astros, but on the flip side too, is Jordan Alvarez going to continue to do what he did? He had 522 in the ALCS and was their MVP too. So I think it's, you know, which of these lineups is going to stay hot because, you know, for as much as we've talked about the pitching, both of these offenses have been really strong for both teams. So I think that's kind of where the Braves get this advantage is because they do have better starters. So I think they might be able to slow down Houston early on. If the Braves can get off to early leads, give their starters, you know, a little bit of breathing room, that's going to be really big because then maybe Houston starts to press and swing at pitches that they normally don't because normally Houston, you know, scores six runs and they're ahead by a lot and nobody needs to panic. So that's usually not the Braves case because they're in low scoring games. Your pitching keeps them in it. And that's really going to swing the series. So that was, that was some big things in, in the last series against the Dodgers as you saw the Braves consistently get up to leads early in games. I know in games two and three, they put the bombs to, uh, Corey Seager early, but outside of that, they scored the first runs in games one, uh, mm-hmm. one or five and six. So every single time they were jumping out to that early lead and immediately it, it is that huge pressure relief of letting your pitcher, especially when you got, I know Max Fried and Ian Anderson have, have gone through it now a couple of times. Um, this is Ian's second one. And Max has done this a couple of years down the playoffs. So clearly they've had their opportunities, but they're still young guys at heart and they've definitely never been in a world series moment. So giving those guys that that little bit of extra relief, knowing that, Hey, I can give up one or two runs and it's not going to cost my team the game will be massive. So, and and that's one of the things I like about them being on the road is that, Hey, they're going to have first crack at first crack at the bat. So Mm -hmm. um, it's funny that you look at it and you kind of wonder how uh, home uh, home field advantage is going to play out. And oddly, I think it works out in the Braves advantage starting on the road for that one reason that you allow uh, the opportunity to kind of go on score first. And I think the other reason, which is even bigger, is that they're going to let uh, they're going to get a chance to play all four of those outfielders in the lineup because they're in an AL yeah. uh, AL ballpark, so mm-hmm. DH, and you're going to get to get uh, get to get Solaire back in the lineup, uh, fresh off his coming off the COVID IL, and you're going to get to see where his bat is. So if he comes out hot, it's going to make that that decision in Atlanta a lot more difficult to see who they play in games three, four, five. But until then, you're going to get two games to see what Solaire's bat looks like. 
Yeah. And I think that is huge. I mean, just getting three, four or five at bats out of Solaire every day and, you know, the American League parks is going to be really big for that Braves offense. It makes it look that much deeper because before it was a good offense and they've done a lot of good things, but having Solaire in it, I mean, it's just such a power threat there. It's not like you can pitch around him. Then you have to deal with Freeman and Albies and Riley. I mean, those are just, those are big guys that you don't want to have to pitch to with Solaire on base. So that is really going to flip the series. I think you're right about that. It's just having that extra big bat in the lineup and hopefully he's not rusty. I think that's the one thing you think is like, okay, you know, I think he had maybe one or two at bats in the NLCS just because he had missed all that time. So if he can come out firing and get a few hits at the top of the lineup or wherever he gets slotted in, he's going to do big things for the Braves. But I think what you mentioned earlier too, in that, you know, these, this world series experience is going to be so big. I mean, this is, you know, freed all it's the entire Braves team, you know, first time they've been since 99. It's the first time in the world series Houston. They, you know, this is what they do every year. I mean, it's the third time in what like five, five years. years that they've been in yeah. the world. Series. That's just crazy. I mean, that's like, you know, the early Yankees of the two thousands. It was just like this, these guys are just always in it. So I think Houston's definitely got an edge there. They've been doing this. They know how to win in the world series because they've, they've won one before. So that's something that you're going to have to pay attention to. I don't think the Braves are going to be antsy because they have been in so many playoff series before. Of course, this is the biggest one and as far as you can get, but still having that experience, especially for these Astros is going to be big. I mean, Altuve's been here for, you know, a while now in the world series. Yeah. So. They've got, they've got some veterans who have at least been on the team and the Braves will lean on them heavily. Obviously Charlie Morton has, has been there, done that. He was with that Astros team in 2017 when they won, um, got the final out for them. So it's kind of a really cool uh, situation with him facing his former team here. But he's pitching so many big games, so many game sevens in his career that clearly they'll get to rest on him a lot. Travis Darno was in the World Series with the Mets. Um, so that'll be another really, really great uh, influence when they get the younger pitchers out there. Someone that's a little bit calm behind the plate. Obviously, Jock Peterson has been there, done that. So he'll get to, I'm sure he'll help kind of talk the team through it. So th those three guys, they will have to lean on because the rest of the team, they have not, they haven't been in a world series position, but those three, they, they have, so they'll, they'll be able to lean on those guys and not even a lot of the coaching staff has, because a lot of these guys have been with the Braves organization for forever. So they're, they're leaning on a lot of inexperience, which I think sometimes can be good and sometimes can be bad. We'll see how the nerves play out in game in game one. And if you go out there and you see a lot of really antsy at bats, especially from guys like a Swanson, um, all of these guys who tend to be ultra aggressive and you, and you see them kind of getting, getting down early that, that, that would be a cause for concern, but we'll, it'll be interesting to see if they, uh, if they're patient or if they're trying to, to go out there and, you know, swing, swing early in the counts. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right about that. So they definitely, I think Jock Peterson's one of those guys. I mean, just come off a world series title with the Dodgers. I think that's going to really, help the Braves out if he can really talk them through. And he does seem to be such a leader for them in the clubhouse and on the field, just with his pearls or, you know, whatever crazy <laughs> stuff he's, he's doing these days. But those guys are going to be big, like you mentioned. I, and I think the biggest player to me just in this whole series, at least on the Braves side, is probably Albies. Because all year, it seemed to me, whenever the Braves needed a big hit, he would get it. He'd hit a home run. He'd get a double. He'd steal a base. Albies has done fine in the playoffs. You know, he hasn't done anything wrong, but I'm still waiting for, you know, that big home run from him or, you know, a steal. It seems to be, you know, Rosario kind of comes through and Freddie had a really great NLCS there at the end and Riley had a good NLCS at the start. So I'm just waiting for Albies to blow up, at least on my end. I don't know if there's a Brave or an Astro that you're, you know, looking at really hard who's going to kind of be the, the key for them in that lineup of theirs. 
Um, I, I'm right there with you on the Albies thing. I was thinking about that a couple of days ago of that. Albies is a streaky hitter and he's got mm-hmm. streaks in the, in the regular season, but he, he had a knack for it always seems like in big moments, either whether it was a home run, he hit a lot of doubles and a lot of doubles with guys on base that mm-hmm. would give in two, three runs, depending on how many people are on base. And it would always be at, at really big moments. And he hasn't had very many big hits. He's had some, um, some singles uh, here and there, but he really hasn't been slugging much. So he's a bat mm-hmm. guy that I really look, uh, look to, especially because, uh, a game like tonight where he's going to get to bat from the right side. Houston is a tiny mm-hmm. part there uh, in left field with their, with their box seats there. It, it's kind of like the short porch in right field at, at Yankee stadium. It just got to basically just flip the ball up and it, it can get out there. So uh-huh. it a lot of opposite field power too. So I, I would, I look to see him being a really, really big bat. And I think another big, uh, another bigger bat would be Swanson as well. Someone that, that kind mm-hmm. of back for in the past, you've seen him get really big hits in the postseason for the Braves. So someone that, that might be down further in the lineup if they, if they are down there and they have a rally late in, you know, in the seven, eight hole, seeing him get a big hit would, uh, would really help this series. Yeah. hundred percent. I think when uh, Dan's week, you know, was hitting eighth or ninth, I think he's hitting ninth tonight just because of the DH. Um, if he can flip the lineup and be on base with, you know, the big guys coming up, that's huge. I mean, that's how a rally will start for them. Uh, and he's going to be able to play great defense like he has been. And if he hits, like, hits even a little better, uh, he'll do a lot of big things in this series. I think for me on the Houston side, too, I think Kyle Tucker is probably that guy. But, you know, we know what, what Correa and Alvarez, Bregman, Altuve, we know what those guys can do. But I think Kyle Tucker is that one name. Like maybe the Braves will kind of pitch around those other big guns. And if Kyle Tucker comes through with a few big hits, they're in big trouble because that guy can, he can really hit. He hits for power. He's got good speed. He's just a really great player that probably a lot of people, unless, you know, they're checking box scores or, or looking up baseball scores every night, probably don't know a lot about. I think he's probably a hidden superstar. And if he breaks out in this in this series, a lot of people are gonna, you know, start looking at him as, you know, just a potential MVP in the future. No doubt. That guy was, has been huge for him so far this whole postseason. Um and the only other another name I'd mention on their team that's gonna be big is Michael Brantley. He sits there right mm-hmm. here in the two hole right between Altuve and Bregman. Um so if you get Altuve on, then that's a chance that if he gets on and he's not much of a power hitter, but man, he does hit for a lot of contact oh, yeah. base a lot. Mm-hmm. And so he starts a lot of rallies there. So even if maybe you get the first guy out, but then if he gets on base, then you're starting to look at that, that two, that three, four five, and you've got somebody on base and it, it can get away from him in a hurry. So that, those, that is someone I, I think at the top of the lineup, they've got to make sure that they keep him off the base pass as much as possible. Yeah, like you said, Brantley just hits. Like he doesn't, he won't hit a big home run or you know have a triple or anything like that. But guy just gets on base, you know, hits a single, has long at bats, and he's he's a great leader for this Houston team. So if the Braves can kind of slow him down, that will be big in the series too. But yeah, I mean, this is going to be a really fun one to watch. For what it's worth, you know, just seeing the Braves in it, of course, is kind of the icing on the cake in all of this. But it seems like a World Series we haven't really had for a long time. I mean, I don't think these these two have ever played before. And year after year, it seems like we get Dodgers, Astros, and, you know, the Red Sox playing somebody else on the NL side. This kind of seems like a new World Series combination where things aren't as stale as they were before. Uh, At least, you know, I was getting tired of seeing the Dodgers in the World Series. They were in it as much as the Astros there on the NL side for a while. So. There's a, there's a lot of really cool um, similarities. I mean, I mentioned the whole Trump mm-hmm. Burton, um, obviously him being with the Astros. You've got Brian Snicker and 
Uh, blanking on um, the Astros manager now. Um, God, why? Oh, Dusty Baker. Yeah. Dusty Baker. And, and Dusty um, was drafted by the Braves, played for the Braves. Uh, mm-hmm. both, both guys are absolute baseball lifers. Um, and both are looking for their first World Series ring. Both were, were very influential when it comes to – it's really cool when you think about it full circle. We obviously lost Hank Aaron back earlier this year, um, and it's really influential with, with Hank. Dusty was, was Hank's best friend on the, on the Braves. Uh, he was hitting right behind him in the lineup most days, and then Hank was the one who hired Snicker as, as his first job in the organization. So he, cool to see that, that kind of uh, similarity come back when – on a year that we we obviously remember Hank, the Braves are wearing his patch. They've had his 44 at, Sun, or at uh, Truist Park all year. So it, mm-hmm. it's a cool cool little thing, I think, uh, to sit there and see that. Yeah, no, I mean, and there's even more, too. I mean, all that you mentioned, especially the Hank and Dusty and Snicker connection is pretty neat. But even Snicker's son, he's the hitting coach for uh, the Astros. So, you know, one Snicker's going to walk away with a World Series title here, which will be pretty cool to see for them. I mean, Snicker's uh, on Brian Snicker, the Braves manager, has been doing this for such a long time. So if he comes away with a title, it's just, you know, kind of the cherry on top of his long career and Troy Snicker, you know, having your son on the other side of things must be pretty crazy. So yeah, both guys uh, were, both guys were one game away last year, the Braves and the Astros both lost in game seven mm -hmm. of championship series uh, last season. And and they talked and I've heard interviews about how they were both kind of pretty bummed uh, going back home. Both of them come a one win away. Now they both get to be there. So the Snicker household's guaranteed a a world series ring. So come Thanksgiving time, I'm sure that'll be a, an interesting conversation yep. when the whole family gets together, but uh, it, it is cool to see that sort of thing. And Brian Slicker has been in the Braves for 40 years and, and it's a little bit different story than a lot of people in baseball, because you see a lot of people play the game and then they come back and they coach. Well, Snicker has been a lifer through the organization and he started a really young mm-hmm. game coaching. And so this is, this is like his big moment that he's always worked towards is to have this, this time and to go 40 something years with, with the organization. And this is your first one. I, I cannot even imagine the, the feelings that he has right now going into this series. No, oh, yeah. I mean, he probably is just like jumping out the bid at this point. So, <laughs> I mean, I know I would be, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really cool kind of to see that I last time I can't remember anything like that that's happened in recent history where you see that. So that's pretty neat. And then I think another kind of cool thing to see is the Swanson and Bregman. I mean, they were such big names kind of coming out of college Bregman out of LSU and uh, Dansby coming out of Vanderbilt and they went one, two in the draft. So Dansby uh, was picked first by the Diamondbacks before he got shipped off uh, to the Braves in a big trade. And Bregman's kind of been that guy for Houston. They picked up two and he's just kind of wrote up that system in no time. And it's been playing third base. It seems like 10 years, but the guy's probably like 25 years old. So, you know, it's kind of cool to see that one, two go back and forth. Cause I guess Bregman, I mean, he's number two on his Jersey too. It's kind of his reminder of, you know, Oh, I got picked second. So, you know, don't, don't forget about me over here with Dansby, Dansby playing short so there's just I think there's a lot of small little things like that across the series that makes it interesting and probably more watchable than maybe one we've gotten in the last couple of years so. oh no doubt I, I I mean this doesn't have the natural prestige that you mentioned of I mean it doesn't have the Red Sox doesn't have your Dodgers and or your Yankees and, and the big mm-hmm. teams but I think that this could be one of the most competitive and one of the most interesting world series that we've had in a really long time. I, I personally fully expect this game to go six or seven. Um, Cause I, I think mm-hmm. they're just so evenly matched. I'd be shocked if either team won it 
before that. So I, I have full, full expectation that, that this is going to go next week and really would not even be surprised at all if we had to go to a game seven. I, it would make sense with, with how evenly matched and how strong these teams are um, in, and how well they match up with each other because it's a lot of strengths on strengths, like I mentioned earlier. No, it really is. I mean, I would be surprised if any of these, if either team got, you know, won it in four games or even five games. I think that would be a, a big surprise to everybody watching. Like, oh, wow, this series is just done and over with. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen this time around. They're just, like you said, they're balanced in different ways. Houston with that lineup, the Braves with their starting pitching and both bullpens. I think you flip a coin and one's better than the other just on any day of the week. So uh, defensively too, I think the Braves defense is probably probably maybe a little stronger than the Astros, but it's not like the Astros like bad defensively by any means. So they're going to be just one of those teams that will, you know, save a few runs on their side of the ball. Their center fielder is excellent. Matt McCormick when he's in. So he's a potential gold lover probably years down the line, but yeah, it's going to be back and forth. Uh, I, I really do like the Braves in this series. I'm sure that's a little homerish, but uh, <laughs> I think, I think they've got a little magic going for them too. I mean, having beat the Dodgers, it was just kind of one of those things where they're kind of like slaying the giants so to speak. And the Astros have been doing, doing this for a while. So maybe they get a little sleepy. It's, you know, been a long time that they've been in the World Series here now in five years. So I think it's one of those things. Maybe the Braves have an edge. Maybe they want it just a little bit more than the Astros do. But I guess that's something that you're going to find out here, you know, when they get on the field. Yeah, this this team is, has far away exceeded everybody's expectations. Just from when you go back to if you look at the team in, in June, what everyone expected as soon as you lost, or really you look at July when you lost to Cunha and, and what everyone's expectations there were for the end of the season with everyone that they had lost. This is, this is way far and above what any Braves fan could have expected. I mean, oh, certainly beginning of the year and, and a lot of Braves fans were talking about this being a p- potential world series team. I think if you told a lot of baseball people, Hey, it's a Braves Astros world series at in, back in March, not a lot of people would have, would have been too surprised. But when you look at what happened throughout the year, it is really surprising to see the Braves here. And a lot of people have counted them out. And I think I'm in, I've been one of them. I, I didn't know that this thing was going to make the postseason and, and then I didn't know if they could get past the Dodgers. And here I am, you know, still wrong. But I, I, I think that this is a, I don't want to say team of destiny, but this team just has it rolling. Their bats are clicking, their bullpen is going. And in baseball, it's never the, it's almost never the best team uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, on paper in terms of most talent that wins the World Series, because that team, it's whatever team gets the hottest team. It's a lot like in hockey of you just need a good goalie and your goalie needs to get hot going into the playoffs. Well, the break mm-hmm. pitching has gotten hot, and then they've had a few batters get hot. Obviously, Eddie Rosario carried them in the last series. I don't know if he can go hit 500 again <laughs> in the series and, and do it again. Eddie's a good hitter. I don't know if I'm expecting that out of him, but I do mm-hmm. a lot coming out of, out of those big brace hitters, out of Freddie, out of Riley. And that's the nice thing is that if Eddie drops off, they don't need a lot. They just need those other guys, those all these that that trio of all these Riley and Freeman just to hit a little bit more and you won't see any drop off just because of how great Rosario was. So you just have to have those guys pick up their, their, uh, their at-bats, just a small tick. And then I think they'll be, they'll be humming at the same level. They just were. Yeah, you're right. Rosario doesn't need to hit 500 again. If he does, you know, (laughs) great, but there's, there's enough uh, help there in the lineup where he doesn't have to press 
too much. But yeah, like you said, it does kind of feel like a little bit of a team of destiny kind of thing. I mean, you've got Jock's Pearls and Rosario hitting above 500 and, you know, Matzik, he couldn't even pitch three years ago, three, four years ago with the yips that he had. And now he's arguably the best reliever that we've seen come out of any bullpen at any point in time this year. So they do kind of seem like they have that going for them. I mean, you don't really see that on the Astro side. I mean, yeah, Alvarez is a, a great talent, but they don't really have that kind of fun come from behind out of nowhere like the Astros being here not a total shocker the Braves though that's the shocker if you would have told people in June and July after they lost Acuna that the Braves would have made a title run with an entirely new outfield I think a lot of people would have you know told you you were crazy but you know, <laughs> here we are and you know it's kind of little things like that it's the uh, Daniel Murphy's getting the nuts to the World Series and you know Kurt Schilling's bloody sock and that sort of thing breaking the curse is kind of what this feels like for the Braves so stranger things have happened and they're hot right now and maybe they stay hot too so yeah um i'm, I'm gonna be curious to see how much uh we've seen stealing bases be a really really huge piece mm-hmm. of postseason on both sides uh we clearly saw the dodgers run wild on the braves the last series uh travis darno has has i know he's not he does have the greatest arm he hasn't had a lot of help either the dodgers did a really good time of picking their time mm-hmm. when to run on on guys who are slow to the play or on really good pitches to run on so he hasn't had much of a chance but I, I have a feeling that you're going to see that theme continue here. Um, and the Braves mm-hmm. are a lot harder time because Maldonado's arm is an absolute cannon. Uh, yep. And mm-hmm. he really flipped that, that Red Sox game in game six, uh, their, their clinching game. There was a huge moment where they had runners on, I think mm-hmm. first, thir- first and third, and they got a strikeout, throw them out to end an inning and it completely snuffed a rally in the eighth inning. And it was, and after that, then I think Ash just pulled on another three or four in the bottom of the eighth and the game was over. So mm-hmm. That that could be something that I see really swings the series is a big moment of who who gets thrown out uh, at the wrong time of someone's trying to push it. And I'm not saying that there is a bad time to push it, but who, who mm-hmm. that mistake and which catcher comes up clutch and makes that throw. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think at least right now, the Astros do have that advantage because Maldonado, yeah, he gunned out Verdugo on that play. I mean, he was out, you know, by a bit. So uh, he's a really good catcher. And Darno is too. He can really block anything that gets thrown at him, which, you know, not all catchers can say. But uh, his arm, like you said, the Braves weren't pitching-wise, at least helping him maybe throw out runners by any means. But that is going to be a pretty big point in the series. And I think, too, the Astros probably have better base stealers. I mean, Altuve, Correa, Tucker, those are guys that are, you know, perennial base stealers. They're going to do it year in, year out. And at least the Braves, Albies is that guy. But then outside of that, it's like, well, you know, who else kind of steals base? Because Freeman, he's he'll, he'll try his best, but, you know, he's not. He picks quick, his spots, though. In, in he does. He's not going to get a chance, I don't think, in the postseason because you're going to get held. Not with Maldonado. Yeah, yeah. And so mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see him as an opportunity. So really, you've got Albies and you've got – Swanson um and yep. that's really about mm-hmm. their lineup of, of fast guys um I, I think it's funny that the the announcers in the last series kept talking about how fast Eddie Rosario is Eddie Rosario is not that fast of he's a, not that yeah. <laughs> Austin Riley is actually a faster player than than Eddie Rosario is so mm-hmm. by terms of speed uh typically when running so I, I think that really is their best two shots is those two. And then they, and that's why mm-hmm. you saw the Braves added um, Terrence Gore to the postseason ro- or to the World Series roster. Yep, a little speed. Mm-hmm. And they, because I think that they know they didn't have it last round. They had it in the first round. They never had to use Terrence. And then they didn't have it last round. And I think that they saw that there were a couple opportunities where maybe they wanted to, to run and they didn't have a guy who could do it. And so mm-hmm. I, I could see that being an option this series. And, 
just an absolutely elite base dealer. The guy did it on the World Series run with the with the Royals a few years ago. And I wouldn't be surprised to see his name pop up. And a lot of Braves fans don't know who this guy is, and they probably won't even know who it is when, when he gets entered into a game. But he could play a pivotal role in, in that type of moment. He could, because it's that big of, you know, just one more run across the board. I mean, it can make such a big difference if a guy's second and scores on a single. So having him, yeah, it gives you a little bit more speed than the Braves probably had before. So I think that is something Braves fans can certainly be excited about in this series. But yeah, Maldonado, you got to really pick your spots because that guy is on his game. So hopefully they'll take advantage. Um, But at least on the base paths too, at least against Milwaukee, in that whole series, it seemed like Adam Duvall was running out, running into an out, you know, practically every time he got on the base. He's a, he's a very good player, and he just had some base running issues. But then the Dodgers, too, you saw the Braves run into maybe a few more outs on the base pass than they should have. So I think that's something, you know, Ron Washington loves to send his guys around third. So, you know, they might need to pay close attention to, you know, who's throwing in the outfield and who's behind the plate before, you know, they take any huge gigantic risk because, you know, one run makes all the difference. Oh, no doubt. Um, they, they cannot afford to have any mental mistakes. I'm surprised that it really hasn't cost them to this. Mm-hmm. Um, of they had Duvall had that absolute horrible blunder in game three of the NLDS. Uh, they mm-hmm. had fortunate base running in game one of the NLDS. And then last, last one they had, um, I, I there was somebody else who, got, who ran into a horse. I think it was Eddie, uh, or maybe it was Rosario. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so you have these opportunity, you have these moments where these guys are just running into horrible double plays at the wrong time. And, and then you've got opportunities also where Eddie, Eddie, Eddie uh, tagged up to second on, in what ended up being a really huge moment and then being able mm-hmm. to get home uh, and Ron Washington sending two players that easily could have been thrown out with good throws and they weren't. So I always like pushing in the postseason in terms of setting it because you make the defense have to make good throws, but mm-hmm. it could be something that costs them a, of over aggression. So it'll be interesting to see because they are an extremely aggressive base running team, which is good and bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's going to be big in this whole series. So, cause I think both teams are, you just don't hear Houston talk about it as much, but they're going to, you know, go the extra base if they can too. Braves are very good at that, but Houston's a smart ball club as well. So, yeah, I think these two teams match up really well, and I think we're going to get a nice long series here out of uh, the Fall Classic. So, it should be a lot of fun. A lot of yeah, fun absolutely. I've mm-hmm. got I've got Braves in seven. How, what game do you think the Braves get it done in six or? Seven? Yeah, I I honestly think they could probably do it in six. I think their pitching is just that much better, and you know if they can get into that Houston bullpen and kind of tire them out, I think they could you know win one. In Atlanta, even too, if they play well enough. But yeah, I think it's probably going to end in Houston either way. I mean, the series is going to end on the road for the Braves, good or bad. So yeah, I think that they they got to get one out of games one and two, and then you come home, and then hopefully you can take two of them, um, two at least two of them at home, and then obviously you're mm-hmm. up to going going out there. So I think that's that's kind of the key, and and I would say the the recipe for success if you're just looking at the whole series for the Braves is. is mm-hmm. it, Split games one and two. You've got Max and Charlie. You got to feel really good about getting at least one of those two, and then you get mm-hmm. home and you've got a you've got a bullpen game in game four. But then you get Charlie in game five. You got Ian in game three. You have to feel really good about that going up against Houston bullpen or Zach Greinke, who has not given them a lot of length and has not been very good this postseason. So right. that that's kind of the way I, I look at it. If you had to if you had to pick a prediction MVP. Who do you think? Obviously, MVP typically goes to somebody on the winning team. So we're going to be picking Braves here. Who do you think's the uh, the MVP of the series? 
I really like Albies. I think I'm just waiting for that big breakout for him because we've heard so much about Rosario and Riley and Freeman and just all those other guys. But Albies, it's, you know, he's been on base. He scored the runs and he's done kind of what he's supposed to do. But like you mentioned, those big doubles, triples in the gap or two steal games or, you know, having a couple homers. Think of the Braves win. It's going to be because Albies really breaks out um, and does a lot of big things. Um, if, you know, the unfortunate thing happens and you know the Braves can't take a title home to Atlanta, uh, I think Kyle Tucker is going to be that guy for Houston. Uh, he's just one of those guys who, you know, if you sleep on the Astros and you look at their lineup and you decide you want to pitch to Tucker, it's probably not a good idea. So if you put a few guys in front of them and Altuve and Correa or intentionally walk to get to Tucker, I think he gets big hits. And, you know, it really kind of is the dagger for the Braves if they have a hard time pitching to him. So um, that's kind of what I'm thinking at least right now but uh at least in last series too it seemed like those bullpen games were so big because we know Braves are going to have one we know Houston's probably honestly going to have a couple um more just because of how their pitching has been this year um but the Braves won their bullpen game I mean they lost the game with Freed on the mound um but they won their bullpen game so if the Braves bullpen kind of gives them a little length those true smileys I mean he was excellent out of nowhere nobody expected that but if they get that from you know a Jesse Chavez or Minter or somebody again that's going to sway the series because i don't think anyone expected that last time around they put kyle right back on the roster this one they took off yep. mm-hmm. right in there i think that's an option um of someone who could give them a lot of length that could come up in a really big moment uh, you know a lot of people down on these bullpen games because yes it's really hard that you have to have every guy come out of the pen and he has to be on his stuff otherwise if one guy's bad and mm-hmm. it's hit hard it can go south quickly but at the same time, it's just as hard on the hitters because you're not seeing the same person multiple times. You Every at-bat, mm-hmm. all three, four at-bats you're going to have, it's going to be against a different guy, probably multiple different arms. You're going to see different arm angles, different types of pitches, and it's just not easy to get in a groove on that. So it, it's funny mm-hmm. that you kind of saw that work out in that um, the Braves lost their, their – or the Braves win their bullpen games, and, and then the Dodgers, you know, win their bullpen games, won their bullpen games a lot the last series. So – It'll be interesting to see if that that kind of trend continues. And it might not be a bad way to go at this Houston lineup in a bullpen because, like I said, they won't get to see anybody twice most of the time. So mm-hmm. I like that myself. I think when looking at MVP, potential MVPs, I like Riley as as the guy for the Braves. I, I think that mm-hmm. he's just – this year he's come up time after time um, in really big at-bats, being a right-handed hitter, a power hitter. I think that he could really smack some balls up into the Crawford seats quite easily there at Houston and, and get some home mm-hmm. runs and get some big hits. And then I think on, on the Houston side, I'm, I'm going to stick with chalk and probably go with Alvarez there because he's just been so hot. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see anybody else on, on this team that is a more must stop and must, must not let you kill uh, or kill you type of hitter than, than Alvarez. It's going to, going to be an absolute nightmare. And you just, you got to prevent opportunities where he comes up with other people on base because odds are he's probably going to hit the ball hard bolt times and I would be shocked if he can hit at least one or two home runs during the series because it's just what he does. Yeah, right. And it's just going to be how the Braves respond after that because Houston's going to get their runs and get their hits. But if the Braves offense falters a little bit, series might go south pretty quick because these Houston guys can really hit the ball. So, and Alvarez is kind of the best example of that, like you said. I think Correa, too. I'm, I'm not a huge Correa fan. <laughs> you know, he's he, he does what he does, and that's fine. You know, he's a great ball player, but he hits really well in October, you know, just out of everyone. I mean, he did it last series against the Red Sox. I mean, Alvarez got MVP and was well-deserved. But Correa really knows how to hit in the playoffs. So he's just another one of those guys 
that I think probably really scares you on the Braves side, especially with all those lefties. I mean, he'll just, he'll pound a lefty if he gets a chance to hit against one, especially, you know, in a series he plays seven times. If he sees Matzik or Minter or Smith enough times, he'll, he'll figure them out once or twice and hit a home run. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's probably. Mm. And they're ultra aggressive and the Braves are ultra aggressive. <laughs> they like to throw strikes. They like to walk people. So when you, when you have strike throws thrown up against really aggressive hitting, Odds are they're going to connect on a few. I mean, you saw that happen with the Dodgers and, and Eddie Rosario, who's an ultra aggressive hitter, and they threw him a lot of strikes, and he hit a lot of baseballs a lot of uh, really far away. So, um, got it. You're probably going to see that on both sides. So, like every time I, I start looking at it from one side or the other, it's like, man, this team's got this this small little advantage, but this. But then uh, you look on the flip side, it's like, but they they also can do that too. So. I, I cannot sit there and say that one team has any clear advantage and, and basically any facet other than maybe small little nitpicks here or there. But yeah, outside of it, it it's going to be an extremely uh, evenly matched World Series. And frankly, I'm I'm extremely pumped for this win or lose. I, I think the Braves can and then can out on a hell of a season and an absolute fantastic run. Hopefully, it ends obviously with the championship uh, both by the next two seasons. Oh, yeah, and, I, and that's what every Braves fan and every person probably in the country who isn't an Astros fan wants to see. You know, Astros do get a lot of hate and some of it's deserved. And, you know, those guys, you know, work hard and they do a great job on the field. But I think, you know, this is kind of America's team, the Braves, for at least, you know, a week or two just because the Houston Astros and all their trash cans and all that stuff that we've heard year in and year out. I think the Braves probably have at least maybe a fan advantage on that side of the fence. Um, but yeah, this is going to definitely be one of those series that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And for a Braves fan, you know, getting here was just, you know, probably the most fun if they do anything else beyond that. I mean, it's just going to be, you know, Atlanta's going to probably set itself on fire. So, you know, I think <laughs> it's going to be ultra loud, both ballparks. Houston's going to have mm-hmm. to close. It's going to be extremely loud there. And then Truist Park is is going to be absolutely rocking. Tickets are absurdly expensive. Yeah, they are. <laughs> the amount of money that I had to pay for my standing room only tickets really hurt my bank account, but I'm oh, man. Sure going to be there for game four. I mean, you've got tickets legitimately going for a thousand dollars just to stand in, just to stand in the stadium, not even have a butt in a seat. I mean, it's, it's right. pain to see. And there are people who are out there buying it. I I'm watching tickets go for that price quite regularly every day. And so People want to go every, you know, the whole city is rallied around it. Everyone's been waiting for 22 years to see the Braves back in this moment. Such a storied franchise. Obviously they won what I think like five times a decade. So, you, you know, they had that massive run of success and then they got denied from it for so long that they're just, they're mm-hmm. really waiting for it again. No, oh, yeah. I mean, you never know when your team's going to be, you know, in the last matchup of the season. This time, the World Series, Atlanta fans, yeah, they're going to scoop up all the tickets they can get. And $1,000, I mean, you can't put a price tag, I guess, on on a memory that will last a lifetime if they win a game that you're at or they win a series that you're at. I mean, that's just, that's huge. So, yes, hey, standing room only, probably worth every penny. You know, I'd take it if I, if I were anywhere close to the South right now. So, yeah, I hear you. Good deal, man. Well, yeah, let's uh, game game one here starts in about 10 minutes. We really appreciate you. Uh, you hopping it on. I think we uh, we broke this down as best as we could. And, and at this point, all we can do is uh, we can just sit back and we can just yell at our TVs and, and hope for the best, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it sounds like the best thing to do. So, hey, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it, Kylie. All right, really appreciate it, John. And uh, thanks, everyone, for uh, giving a listen. And we'll, uh, we'll end it up with a uh, go Braves. Yeah. Go Bravos. Have a good one, man. 